Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is a 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we have regrets. We got no time to waste. Let's do a recap. Recap. Last week, we had Late Night On to break down the Ben Askren-Jake Paul fight. And boy, boy, let me tell you, sweet, sweet losers, I have regrets. That whole event was something. No one can deny it was not something. No one can deny it did not happen. Okay? When Askren hit the mat after hours of concerts, drunk announcers, slap fights, fake low blows, Pete Davidson, I feel like I had been had. Like like when I when someone breaks free from a cult and goes, "Oh my god." Or I or maybe how about those <laughs> those sweet social media videos where a colorblind person gets glasses and they can see colors and they're like, oh, "Wow, that's what a sunset looks like." Jake Paul minus 181 and late night and I lost in the process. I guess I guess he looked pretty good. It's impossible to tell, but I but I promise you, I'm not falling for this again. This is my promise to you losers. I am not falling for this again. I will gamble on pretty much anything. The next color of the next car coming by sounds good to me, but I'm not falling for this again. This Paul stuff feels just off, okay? Just just slightly off. If there is even a 0.1% chance that this whole event isn't on the up and up. And I'm not saying rigged. I'm not saying taking a dive. I'm not saying any of that. But even if it gives you a second of a doubt to go, wait a second, hmm, then it's not worth your hard-earned money. You work hard to make your money, okay? It's like the beginning of a BTO song. You work hard to make your money. I don't want to take it away from you by recommending that you bet on anything associated with the Paul family. In a lot of ways, it, it takes me back to the feeling of the McGregor-Mayweather fight where Mayweather kept him up for five rounds. He could have knocked him out at any time, and he didn't. That's not worth you gambling on it. Because I say that because now Logan Paul is going to fight Floyd Mayweather, two cross-contaminated things I've already talked about uh, this summer, and I'm promising you, we are not talking about it. Because I don't know what will happen, and it's not because I don't think it's going to be, uh, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know what they've agreed to beforehand. Let's make this a trilogy. Watch you knock me down once. I don't think that's happening, but you, for 100% certainty, can't tell me that didn't happen. And because of that, it's not worth gambling on. But Doja Cat was great. Let's call a spade a spade here. The real winner of the event, Doja Cat. We got two huge events we're talking about. We're talking about UFC 261 with, of course, The Gambler. And we're having The Jackal on to talk about a whole thing about Oscars. There's no time to waste. Let's get to this. The Jackal, coming up next with your ways to lose money on the Oscars. Welcome back to Losing Money. We are not talking about sports. We are going to be talking about the Oscars. And the only person we could be talking to is the Jackal. Jackal, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. The Oscars are upcoming this Sunday. Steven Soderbergh directing it live from Union Station. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be amazing. And everyone has no excuse. You better have seen these movies. They're broadcasting right into your home. You don't even need to go to a theater this time. So, Jackal, we got to find ways to lose money on the Oscars here. What what are your favorite bets going into this award ceremony? Well, we've looked at these nominees. We've looked at the different categories. There, mm. I we've chatted about how there's probably a couple locks, but there are some nominations yeah. that we've been looking at that we think we, there's some movement around. One of those is mm-hmm. Best Director. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Now, Chloe Zhao is a favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. That's putting yeah. it lightly. Um, yeah, she's minus 2,500 right now, and she has literally won, won every directing award going into the Oscars. But, hey, let's root for chaos. So I'm going <laughs> with Emerald Fennel. And now you might yeah. have heard me say her name many a times. I swear we're not related, but I think she's a pretty yeah. rad lady. And I'm super psyched that two ladies are nominated. She directed mm. Promising Young Woman, a real yeah. of-the-moment movie. Lots of chatter yeah. around Carrie Mulligan as lead actress. I think she's got a chance. Well, there you go. So that uh, Emerald Fennel going into this is a plus 2,000 as of taping right now. That would be a huge upset and uh, an amazing way to make some money. So there you go. Emerald Fennel plus 2,000 over Chloe Zhao for Best Director. What else do you like? Best Actress. Uh... Ooh. We've been watching. It's kind of been like a little horse race, maybe, I guess what you'd call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, really what I was thinking going into this was Frances McDormand was going to be the favorite. Mm. Carrie Mulligan mm -hmm. is now the favorite. Oh, And so okay. I was thinking my bet was going to be on Carrie Mulligan as kind of the underdog, but it's switched around. So Frances McDormand. I mean, Nomadland has gotten a lot of good press, lots of good reviews. It's mm -hmm. Frances McDormand, wonderful actress, is looking like mm. a solid bet there now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because Carrie Mulligan is now raced into the lead at a plus 130. You know, up until this, it was Frances McDormand uh, for No Man Land and Viola, Viola Davis uh, for Miss Rainey's Black Bottom kind of being in this like, oh, it's plus 200, minus 200. Like they've been going back and forth and now Carrie Mulligan out of nowhere kind of at plus 130. So there's real value for Frances McDormand at plus 400. If you think No Man Land is going to have a big day, why wouldn't they be giving it to literally one of the only two actors in the whole movie? You know, so there you go. Frances McDormand, uh, the Jackal's pick at plus 400. Do you got anything else? Best Supporting Actress. I mean, mm. you got to think it's a race right now between Young Jun Yoon in Minari and Maria Bakalova. Yeah. And Young Jun Yoon has gotten quite a few. It's, well, it's kind of like 50-50 on the awards front. So yes. she just got a recent BAFTA win. Um, mm -hmm. and so that might be pushing her right into Oscar season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like Maria Bakalova kind of won a lot of awards early mm -hmm. on and now she's kind of slowed down and you're seeing Young Jun Yoon, uh, with the win and she's at a minus 300 right now. Maria Bakalova currently at a plus 375 and this was going to be one of my bets I was going to give out as well. Why not sprinkle a little bit on Maria Bakalova? I don't think that, I don't think Borat's going to get any other love, uh, going into this. Whereas I think Minari is going to probably get maybe a screenplay award. So why not put some down when you think Borat might make you some money? So Maria Bakalova at plus 375. I kind of agree with you. I think there's value there. I also have Maria Bakalova as a little sprinkle at plus 375. I just think there's real value there. But the other one that I really like is there is a lot of attention going towards the father right now. And everyone loves Olivia Coleman. Everyone loves Olivia Coleman, right, Jackal? Everybody loves Olivia Everybody. Coleman. It's the law. You have to love Olivia Coleman. I mean, she's so affable. I've been talking about Emerald Fennel constantly, but Olivia Coleman is my OG love. <laughs> What a lady. Yeah. The range on what her. What a lady. Yeah, the real iron lady. Uh, so she's at right now plus 2,000 going into The Father. She's one of the lowest odds for Best Supporting Actress. Why not? Plus 2,000. Olivia Coleman, they already given her award. Why not give her some more? So I'm going with that one. I think Best Picture is Nomadland. I think at a minus 305. I actually think that's good odds at minus 305. I think Nomadland's definitely going to win. Trial Chicago 7 is the second place one at plus 600. I just don't no. see that happening. But... I, I could be wrong. I like No Man Land at minus 305. Um, the only other one is I'm with you on Promising Young Woman. I'm going to be taking 
promising young woman at minus two fifty for best original screenplay. Ooh. Uh just I think that's that's I you know, we'll say hashtag women are the future. Hashtag women are the future, absolutely. Like let's not forget, okay? Let's that's a really important thing. It's gonna be on the bottom of the Oscar screen the whole time. <laughs> Everyone be hashtagging women are the future. And then the West the other one is best adapted screenplay. Like I'm saying, there's a lot of momentum for the father at plus four fifty. Four fifty feels like a good little, you know, sizable bet. That might not even be a sprinkle. That might be a full unit. We'll see. Best adapted screenplay, the father at plus four fifty. Okay, so the jackal, here's my thinking. Here's big brain thinking. Mm-hmm. Here's exploding brain emoji. If we think they're such big favorites, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name a few favorites here. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boson is gonna win for best actor at minus sixteen hundred. Yeah. Best supporting actor, Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Absolutely going to win. Minus 1,400. Best director, sorry, Chloe Zhao at minus 2,500. If I start parlaying these three together and maybe throw in another favorite, something huge, you can get your odds down to minus 300. Why not do that? Because God knows a couple of those awards are going to be in the first 20 minutes and you can start feeling really good about holding a ticket in your hand. Where do do you think that screws me there? Well, I guess you think it's best director. Oh, it's got to be best director, I think. I mean, you're right. Best actor, Chadwick Boseman. I don't yeah. think we've seen a lock like that in a little while. Ooh. It would be lock it up. Shockwaves through the homes of actors and actresses worldwide. Um, the nominees for best supporting actor, I mean, really great actors all around, but Daniel yeah. Kaluuya's performance in Judas and the Black Messiah is whew, again something you really can't Oof. ignore. So, if no. there's anything in that parlay, it's going to be best director that'll that'll just swoop in there. Well, there you go. Jackal, you're the best. Thank you very much for coming on doing a quick hit on the Oscars. We're going to recap your picks over at social media at Losing Money WAB. But until then, we can't wait to talk to you soon. Ugh, I don't even know when next time will be, but I can't wait already. I know. I know. I know. Maybe we'll do like Teen Choice Awards. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see who gets, uh, who gets gacked. Who gets the surfboard. Oh, yeah, who wins the surfboard? Oh. We got to bet on who wins Best Kiss. Oh my goodness, that'll be the next time. Jackal, until then. Welcome back to Losing Money, UFC 261 this weekend. Three championship fights, and of course, that means we need to talk to the gambler. Gambler, how you doing? Doing great. It's great to be here, and and I mean, what a stretch of MMA it's been. This is the second triple title fight in a month. Crazy. In a month. Crazy. I know it's it's insane. It's it, they're really they're really laying it all out there, and there's gonna be fifteen thousand people in Jacksonville this weekend, and that's gonna give everyone a simultaneously heart attack while watching that. So, while exciting as this card is, there are some really good fighters on it. Two of the fights are really really big odds, and I think that's the way we should start. Why don't we start with literally one of the greatest fighters in the world today? Valentina Shevchenko is gonna be fighting Jessica Andrade. Uh, Shevchenko, the champion, flyweight, minus four hundred to Andrade's plus three hundred. How do you see this fight going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're you, you hit the nail on the head in the intro there. I, I think if it wasn't yeah. for Anin Nunez, I think we would be referring to Valentina as undoubtedly the women's goat and and maybe even uh, the 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 overall goat. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty yeah. telling when you have a title fight where the challenger is one and two in her last three. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And moving up a weight class, so Andrade shows up on all of these, all of the championship women fighting has fought all of these women in the last two years. Like she has bounced around so much, it's incredible. And that's nothing against her; she's a bulldog. She is strong as hell. She knocked out uh, Thug Rose by throwing her to the ground, like not not a not a knockout slam, just literally power slamming her. Uh, she has a ton of power. Yet, gambler, I don't, 
I don't think we need to waste time on this one. I think Valentina is going to walk over her. Valentina can do everything. There's, there is no strength in Shevchenko. Everything is a strength. She can strike. She can grapple. She can wrestle. She can do everything. And I think that just gets Andraj in bad territory because her strength will be a detriment to that one. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those rare occasions where not only is Valentina on another level technically and all around, right? Mm-hmm. Striking, grappling, yeah. um, but but also just, you know, a, a larger frame, uh, better reach. I yeah. think the, the only advantage that Andrade has in this fight is just in raw power. And in, in, yeah. in MMA, raw power is one of the least uh, significant attributes. So... I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the Chevchenko train. There's no real value in the money line. It's at minus 400. No. Uh, I think you got to yeah. look at parlays there. So I have Chevchenko uh, mm-hmm. inside the distance plus 125, uh, and then I also Ooh. have a sprinkle on Chevchenko KO TKO plus 250. I'm right there with you. The KO and TKO that's a sprinkle for me as well. But I like the inside the distance one because that opens up a world of possibilities with some submissions. Um, so there we go. Okay, so that's a good start. Why do we get next to what I think is the best fight on the card? Zhang Weili, the champion at strawweight, minus 200 versus Thug Rose at plus 175. These are two hell of a fighters. They just like to stand right in the middle and strike. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. How do you see it going? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about, you know, how often do you see a fighter that that is built like a brick shithouse but is five foot four yeah. inches tall? I mean, Zhang Weili's build is, is so... Um, it, it throws you off because it's intimidating, you know, maybe not in person, but on TV, but it, it's kind of confusing. Cause she's like a little, she's like a pit bull, but she's so small. Yeah. And, and I guess that that's for the whole division, but you know, I, I love her durability. Uh, I, you know, undoubtedly one of the greatest fights of all time, her fight against JJ, oh, Joanna, um, yeah. the stat that stood out to me in this one is not only is, is Zhang Weili, I think a, a, like considered a power puncher for that division, but her volume and her unrelenting pace. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She lands yeah. on average 6.4 significant strikes per minute, which is insane. Jesus. And That's in crazy. her fight with JJ, she threw a total of 408 significant strikes, landing 165 of them. So oh. the fact that she's considered a power puncher, but she's got this insane volume, I think that's what makes her such a dangerous fighter. And I think that's why she's the champion um, of that division. Yeah, I, know, I, can't, I can't really fault you on this one. It, you know, she's also 21-1 and one in her professional career with 17 stoppages. She just has raw power. And, 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 and it really, you know, like there's power, like, you know, you see, um, I don't, I'm trying to think, like an O'Malley that like knocks somebody, walks it away, and it's like, no, nah, I just, I threw a punch. She will, it's a fury of punches. It's not one, it's three before you realize you got hit one time. It, I just, the, the amount that she throws is just crazy. And then Rose on the other side coming back after kind of a weird timeline, but it's kind of a fan favorite. She's kind of a natural underdog with her slight build, but, uh, and her incredible underdog win over Joanna as well at plus 500 when she beat that one. Uh, and she took a year break after, after losing. Um, and so now she's back. She had a win under her belt. I'm going to tell you, I, I can't help myself. I'm going to go with Thug Rose, uh, and I'm going to take her at plus 175, plus a little sprinkle on via decision at plus 500. I think these two are really tough, and I could see them making a lot of contact, a lot of leather to face, but I ultimately don't see anyone dropping, so I'm going to go with decision, Rose, plus 500 for a sprinkle. Yeah, I, I think that's really Rose's only way to victory. I think Zhang Weili yeah. is like a piece of iron. I don't think she's going to get stopped. I, Rose is certainly not a power puncher. Um, right. but, but for all those reasons, I'm going to go with Zhang Wei Li. I love the Zhang uh-huh. Wei Li money line, even though it's at a minus 190. I feel really good about that. 
Uh, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. throw it as, 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 as a, a, not even a sprinkle, but just as another bet altogether. I love Zhang Wei Li uh, as a, a plus 200 for inside the distance. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to throw out the, the uh, sprinkle uh, KOTKO plus 255. 255, that's really good. I don't know. I like that because Rose can be knocked out. We know that's a possibility. And if anyone could do it, why not Zhang, right? So, um, I okay, well, there you go. So there's that's the fight I'm most looking forward to. This is the fight that everyone else is looking forward to. And let me just tell you, I am not one of them. Kamaru Usman, literally one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters in the whole world, champion at welterweight, minus 400, versus Jorge Masvidal, plus 300. Now you're sitting there going, wait, Usman Masvidal, didn't I already see this fight? Yeah, it was like nine months ago, and now they're running it back again. And because it's because Jorge Masvidal sells pay-per-views. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Usman put him to sleep, put him up, put him down, put him up, put him down, took him down at ease, and now we're seeing this fight again. Gambler, what am I missing here? Is something different going to happen? No, no, and you're right. I, I feel like <laughs> I just saw this fight last weekend. Um, this is another fight where I think it's a, the UFC is just coming out and being honest to say, we have nobody else. Usman is kind of, you know, knocking on George St. Pierre's door there, cleaning out the division. Yeah. So now he's to George St. Pierre's, you know, to that point. Much like George St. Pierre, he's starting to fight a lot of these guys twice because these guys lose, they go back down, they win a couple of fights, and they're right back at the top. Um, right. I, I think the only thing that's going to change in this fight is that maybe the first and second round might be a little bit more competitive. I think if you're betting mm-hmm. on Masvidal, you're basically looking at that uh, at that first round, and the moment that round ends, your odds are going to drop uh, dramatically, or your odds, I guess, will go up yeah. dramatically because the likelihood of him winning will will be very uh, very low. Um, I, I think you're yeah, talking, yeah. like you said, Usman is, is one of the best, if not the best grappler in MMA right now. Um, I, I think developed a bit of the, of an ego, as I've called it, the, the Josh Koscheck syndrome where, you know, he starts to think he's an elite striker, even though he's, he's yeah. uh, got this incredible grappling. So I, I think as long as Usman sticks to the game plan, which, you know, blueprint from the first fight, grapple, tire him out, you know, drain his shoulders, put him on the ground. Um, I, I think Usman should win this fight uh, almost as easily as he won the first fight. So um, I've got Usman via decision plus 105. So I don't really see how uh, Usman finishes Jorge, but I like that uh, plus 105 by decision. I'm right there with you. I think that's the only way you can do it. Usman via decision at plus 105. If you like Masvidal, take the first round. It's plus 900. Why not? But I just don't see it happening like that unless Usman completely strays from his game plan. Usman is going to win this fight if he has any brains in his head. And he does because he's literally on a 17-fight winning streak. He's one of the best fighters out there in the world today. So there we go. We're going to recap all our picks over at Losing Money, WAB. But The Gambler, thanks very much for coming on. Best of luck losing money this weekend. It's a pleasure as always. Okay, that's it. That's all for another episode of Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much to the Jackal and to the Gambler for coming on to make all these predictions on how you, the losers, can lose money this weekend. And just a heads up for losing money next week, we're coming at you on Thursday instead of Friday so that we can break down the NFL draft. Just set your clocks. Don't worry. To hear about all the picks that myself and our guests made that didn't make this episode, please go over to at losingmoneywab on both Instagram and Twitter, where we make daily picks, daily picks on ways you can lose money in between episodes. Can you please subscribe, rate, and review Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to this on? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Minchel. You can find her music on Spotify 
or on Instagram, at Nikki Mitchell Music. Or just click a link, it's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers, Mike Aaronworth, and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening. Have fun losing money this weekend. We gave you so many ways to lose money. Have fun doing it. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!